Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody, Jesus. and welcome to the first... What? <laughs> I was not ready for that. It was, it was wow. surprising. I was surprised. <laughs> I wasn't ready. Now I had to do an intro. If you talk over the intro, it doesn't work. Oh, one more with Gusto. You were so energized. All of a sudden, Look, like, I'm trying. I wasn't prepared. I'm trying here, okay? You went from zero to ten in like uh, a moment. Oh, I think I've had a heart attack. That's all right. This will be This will be great for the gag reel. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> All right, hello, everybody, and welcome to the first Talking Comics year-end celebration. It's not the first, it's the second. December 13th is the date, and you're listening to episode number 628. My name is Steve Say. I will be your host this year, and joining me for this exciting event is Mr. Bob Ryer. Hey, I think George Santos should have been man, no, jerk of the year, I'm sorry. We're at Time Magazine, you missed it. Did you see that he has Paper Girls and Saga in his like home comic book collection? I'm not surprised. Wow. Yeah. Did he uh, pay for them? are sociopaths, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> right. And, and did he pay for them with my money is the thing oh. I'd like to know. <laughs> oh, Joey Bracino is here. Yep. Aperol spritzy in hand. Ooh. <laughs> Aaron Amos. See, if I'd started my OnlyFans account, I'd have some of that George Santos money. That's right. <laughs> There's still time. John Burkle is also here. Let's go. I'm all hopped up on coffee and cocoa pebbles. <laughs> in the same cup. <laughs> Chris Carey. You know is it. In... You guys are killing me. Chris Carey is in the house. And always, but physically, I'm Taylor Swift's cat. Oh. I wish the world could see Steve stroking his pussy. <laughs> Listen, what I do in the privacy of my own home. Oh, it's my business. Speaking of Bronwyn, Bronwyn Kelly Say is also here. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, that's right. It is a Talking Comics and Thirsty on Tune crossover. Once again, we did this last year where we decided to kind of abandon the whole competitive angle of talking about our favorite stuff from throughout the year. So rather than do that, we are just going to celebrate all the stuff that we loved in 2023, uh, entertainment-wise, whether it's comics, music, movies, television shows, uh, Broadway stuff, whatever. Uh, it can be a part of this show. So what we're going to do over the next three weeks is we're going to break everybody off. We're going to pair everybody off, and we're going to have two people go and do presentations of all of their stuff. We're going to have games in between, uh, and we're going to go through everybody as we kind of enjoy our holiday break uh, that we do each year. And it's going to be very exciting and very positive. So <laughs> get ready for that. Add to your holiday cheer. Yeah, we'll see. Wow. Basically, we changed the format because it took us three weeks to start talking to each other again. Yeah, <laughs> that's not true. 
about February <laughs> when the transition died down? Not true. It took four. <laughs> All right. The, the last award show and Thor Love and Thunder about broke this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there were there were episodes in the years past before that that also almost broke the podcast, but the podcast is unbreakable. <laughs> All right, I think we should kick things off with a game. What do you say? Ooh, yes, in yes. the spirit of not being competitive, we are starting off with an unbreakable <laughs> game. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Beautiful. It's completely non-competitive because nobody wins <laughs> <laughs> except for Bronwyn and I, because we are playing what is there Roman Empire. That's yeah. right. <laughs> In the spirit of the TikTok challenge of do you think about the Roman Empire every day? We are going to present you with a comic book character and you are going to tell us what do you think this character thinks about? Every day. What haunts them (laughs) as they lay their head down on the pillow at night and they can't get to sleep? Bronwyn, hit us with that first comic book character. Hell yeah. Kite man. (laughs) So are you you picking people individually or are we going around the whole table? Buzz in. Wait, say this. I'm slow. I'm sorry. It's the math. It's It's the math. You're on so much math. Um, Exactly. It's the math. It keeps me up at night. So, okay, for those who've missed previous episodes, somehow are not on the internet or don't have a straight boyfriend, the Roman Empire thing is basically that uh, we discovered this year that a lot of straight cishet men think about the Roman Empire every day. So what? (laughs) Why, though? We we don't. Brownwood will never understand this. We are not straight men. But sex. (laughs) <laughs> we're just never gonna, never gonna understand get there. roman empire what the yeah i mean sex <laughs> at least like hey we get it but roman empire and not roman empire sex as far as we can tell but anyway uh <laughs> um no so what does this character think about what does kite man think about every I, day i what got wants it him? Okay, all right john. john why does tom king have such a fetish with me yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that Kite Man thinks about Tom King every day. I feel like yes. Tom King would be delighted to know that. Oh, yes. Actually. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's mutual. <laughs> Gravity. Gravity. Yeah. Updrafts. <laughs> Updrafts and downdrafts. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Y'all. <laughs> why doesn't he get an invite to the iceberg lounge oh, yeah. oh we all know why that's true yeah <laughs> he's absolutely been banned <laughs> i see him as an arts and crafts man what's that uh that thing that you use to make t-shirts at home cricket. Uh, the cricket the cricket <laughs> i could see him like Dreaming about adding to the extra room in his lair or his house or wherever he is these days that he's just amassing all this crafting material so that he can build different uh, kite designs and maybe start jazzing it up a little bit. That makes sense. That's why that's why he does crime, because all that vinyl is very expensive. It's expensive, man. You got you got to support that crafting habit. Now, Based on the cartoons, he seems to have a thing for ears of corn. I'll just leave it there. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> Go to the dark web. Does he just leave it there? Speaking <laughs> of the dark web, yeah, Madam Web, what does okay. she think about? <laughs> yes, I mean the Dakota Johnson version. Go for it. Oh, it's like how quickly why? Is movie fail? Yeah, why is there a movie? I think. Yeah. <laughs> why Ellen, am I Ellen here? Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How, can I, how can I ruin Ellen DeGeneres' yeah, life this limes, year? Just limes, just <laughs> limes. Limes. Yeah. What? What it? God, I'm sorry. This losers? is another level. It's another level. Yeah. All right. All right. Sorry. Another, I'm, not, have, I'm not on that level. We can have a, a whole of a... other podcast about Dakota Johnson sometimes. She is the queen of my life, but we don't have time right now. You come on Thirsty. We'll do Thirsty on Dakota mm-hmm. Johnson. I love mm-hmm. her. She's my queen. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Who's next? Uh, are we doing Madam do- Wetter? Or we I was going to say, you never did. He said, I, already, I can't I think of anything. All right. Bronwyn, hit us with someone else. They refused Madam Webb. Right? Oh, okay. I, I said Madam okay, Webb. Like, Webb. Movie gonna fail. Generous. <laughs> Dry cleaning. All those webs. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Are, are, they, moving on. are they recyclable? That's a great <laughs> question. That is a great question. I need to know. How can she know the future and still be all alone? Oh, oh. 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 just went dark. <laughs> that's, that's okay, John, don't Good put Lord. your AO3 history on us. I don't want to know. <laughs> Fan fiction you're reading. Good lord. Right? Uh, Apparently John didn't finish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's our next character? Connor Kent. Oh god. Uh, is that the is that the leather jacket one? Yeah. Yes. The, uh, the clone baby. Does anybody know you know what he's thinking? Where are my glasses? What happened to those little round little sunglasses? Oh yeah. The John Lennons. <laughs> yeah. Iconic. He's thinking, is Chess King still open? I need another jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Are spikes still in? Yeah. <laughs> Spiky belts. He's like, where is Hot Topic? Is what he's thinking. Yeah. <laughs> he's thinking all these chains and I still can't find my wallet. That's what he's thinking. <laughs> he's thinking about yeah. dates for his next John Travolta movie marathon. <laughs> uh, I, mi- I miss the 90s. That's what he's yeah. thinking, yeah. All these magicians it. and they still left me to know the universe. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. That's because that's because Superman doesn't want him to be his son. Anyway, that's is he a greaser? <laughs> is he a greaser or is no, he just he's not like a greaser. biker he's, type? He's, he's a alt. product of the nineties. Yeah, he's a, yes, he is he's a Rob Liefeld alternative kid. Yeah, yeah. And, Yet he feels fifties, and he's Tim Drake's one true love. But anyway, we're moving on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Broadway. <laughs> it's All true. Right. Who's up so, next? But what's that? Another game is breaking into the middle of this game for a single question. What is Ooh. here? It's long been threatened. It has been suggested. It has been shot down multiple times by Steve, but it is coming in anyway. That's right. Can he find the clit? That's right. It's here. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. The answer is no. The question is, as we have threatened many a time on this show, can Magneto find the clit? Go. I mean, well, I don't yes. know. If that there's is. A, if there's, if there's a, I think he's going to struggle. <laughs> if there's a piercing, yes. <laughs> I don't understand. Magneto fucks y'all. Like he's like, yeah, he he's like Zaddy Central. I was going to say, but who does he fuck, Joey? Everyone. Everyone. He's Everyone. Xavier, Rogue, Mora, anyone. Yeah, okay. Are they Beast. are they orgasming? Beast. Yeah, exactly. Wow, everyone. You can wow. like a lot of what do y'all what do y'all have against Magneto, man? I love no. Magneto. I think he's, he's awesome. a wonderful man. I'm just asking. I bet, uh, are I they bet Magneto <laughs> Magneto's a considerate lover. Magneto okay. is a considerate lover. I will agree with you that, John. I saw okay. that uh I saw a clip from one of the newer X-Men movies. I can't remember which one yeah. it is. The one when he's in the bar and the the old Nazis are there yeah. and X-Men he like, origin, takes the knife yeah. and puts it in the first class. Hand. 
first and then class, grabs the, the gun and it. like undoes all the bullets in it You're and right. like leaves it on the ground. I was like, man, why couldn't the whole movie be like this? I know. Yeah. I love X Men First Class. That movie's great. A Magneto um, movie would be killer. Uh, yeah, that would be uh, cool. Fastbender. Fastbender. I would do anything for him. He was anyway, everywhere right. for a while, and now he's kind of just like yeah, everywhere, but not anywhere good. Let's be clear; it's not like those were good movies, you know. And except for except for his Magneto run, but he's okay, finding himself on on stage now. We That's love what him. they do. He's doing great. Oh, no, I agree. I actually agree. Despite making fun of him, I do agree. So we all agree, Magneto can find the clit. Yeah. Yes. Now back to the Roman Empire. Bronwyn, take it away. <laughs> Okay. Who does Roman Empire do I want to hear about now? I think we're going to try a cishet white guy, so to speak. We're going to try Captain America. Uh Does he actually think, (laughs) right? The Roman Empire. The answer is the Roman Empire. First of all, claiming that he is het as if Bucky Barnes is not standing right beside him. Right beside him. Exactly. That's why I threw him in the mix. Okay. Thank you. Cap, Cap. Reminds me of a guy who might have like a Wizard of Oz room. Oh my God, that's so real. <laughs> Flying monkeys. Mm-hmm. 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 Like he's recapturing his youth. He's got boots that are look like the ruby slippers, all the sequins on them. I used that to would... live next to a guy in an apartment and I went in to get something and he had an entire Wizard of Oz room and it creeped me out. Like <laughs> I couldn't, I could not get out of that apartment quick enough. Every Pay time no attention unlock, to what's behind the curtain. Every time he did, he did not want lore, me to see that room. When we, un- when we unlock more of John lore, it's always something so bizarre. Like it's right? never just normal things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like an onion. You got to peel the layers. Just layers. I, of I remember coming home and my my then wife was looking at me. She goes, "What's wrong?" And I'm like, "I I can't explain what I just saw. I just can't. <laughs> I can never understand <laughs> what I'm saying. I can't." And, 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 and like I told her, and she goes, "Oh my god, do you think he's gonna kill us?" I'm like, "Maybe." Maybe. Speaking of John Lore, John, have you ever told Chris about your tattoo? Yes. Which one? The, that that one. The one. We have discussed okay. it. I need okay. to hear it. The shark. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Is it a baby shark? No, it looks like Jabberjaw now. Um, <laughs> when I got my tattoo specifically, mm-hmm. I went I to visit lo- my I went to visit my brother when I was eighteen to get a tattoo. And I ended up with this shark on my back for no, it's a, I was an okay swimmer. And <laughs> I got so lit up that weekend that I had, I came home to my mom, 18, with all my clothes in a garbage bag because I threw up over, my, over myself all night long. Oh. And, I, and she just like, what? She's like, just so mad. And she called my brother and yelled at him. And then I came downstairs like a few minutes later. I'm like, mom, I got something else to tell you and I need your help. And so I had to show her the tattoo because it had to have lotion put on it. And she's like, <gasps> and so she just like, oh. smacking it with lotion. Oh. And just, like the pain. My brother did not come home until Thanksgiving. So this was September. My brother didn't come home until Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. He was still <laughs> mad. So, And it has not aged well because I've lost a lot of weight since my high school days. And so now my wife calls it a dolphin. I think it looks more like Jabberjaw. It is, <laughs> it is the worst tattoo. It's like when you, it's like when I'm withered and old and died, people are going to like have a, like it's a Rorschach and they're going to try and figure out what it once was at some time. 
I love that you think that people are going to be examining your body when you're withered and old and dead. Because he's gonna oh, I'm donating my body to science. I was going to say, it's because he's going to be murdered uh-huh. by a cult, obviously. Science. Yes. Yeah. 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 Find his old neighbor. That's where I'm going. And put in the Oz room. So. <laughs> fill in the rest of your back with something that looks like a like a, a scavenger hunt treasure map type thing. I wanted, I like wanted to do healthy. one of the mad mad magazine folding. So like if I put my shoulders <laughs> back, it's one thing. And then if I open them up, it's something else. Oh my God. But yes, please. Yes. That would do be a magic eye where you have to just stare at your back for a really long time before it becomes anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do one more character and then we're going to get to a presentation. All right. One more character. Okay. What is Dick Grayson's Roman Empire? Redheads. Oh. <laughs> and wait, coming in strong. Da, 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 da. Can he find the clit? Of course. Oh, of course. Yeah, he yeah. definitely can. He might yes. be DC's most skilled lover. He, of course. He's a terrible boyfriend, but he is quite a lover. Yeah. He's a power bottom. <laughs> okay. That's yes. a double, that's a yes. double pun. I love yes, that. He is. That's brilliant. Joey, <laughs> what about him? What it's, you it's want me time. to follow that? <laughs> yeah, it's time. <laughs> tell, us, go. T- tell us about your favorite things from throughout this year. If you've been fast forwarding, you can stop now. Uh, <laughs> been fast forwarding, you're a coward. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Talking Comics Best of 2023 list for me. Um, first of all. Doing the podcast has been a ton of fun. Uh, thank you all for your patience this year. I know I've been in and out for a lot of different reasons, and that trend will continue this year as I'm in and out <laughs> for a lot of different reasons. Um, I wanted to do, uh, I wanted to be very comics focused this year. I have a couple of things at the very end that I'll get to that are kind of comics adjacent, but I wanted to keep comics focused, and I'll just start nice and easy with uh, just the comics I really loved this year. Um, and I'll go down these one by one, talk a little bit about them. Some of them I won't go into too much detail because we were smart this year and shared some of our lists. So we'll be able to to, to um, uh, elaborate down the line. But I'll start with one that I've been talking about a lot this year. And I hope that it motivated some of you to pick it up, which is uh, Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, Jason Aaron, Alex Defenge for Arc 1 and Leila DeLuca for uh arc two uh following maseo and mezzi's story for the last 10 issues in this dystopian wasteland has been just absolutely stunning and for all of the misery of that first volume that a lot of it happened in 2022 i was surprised when i opened up arc two and saw this beautiful Leila de luca art and like Every page is just people having sex. And I was like, what, what, what is happening here? I thought we were like traversing the dystopian wasteland Mad Max style. But, you know, the second arc, the, the rise and fall of Galganutza, uh, was this really beautiful story about community in which Maceo and Mezzi kind of grow up, come of age, find love in more ways than one, um, and build basically this, this love commune out in this dystopian wasteland. And the the saddest part about it is in the title, the rise and fall of this Eden that they create and watching that descent and and watching that, that downward spiral was just painful. Um, But it's just a reminder of how 
powerful the the, the characters in this story are. Um, I've said this every time I brought the book up on the show, but it's really awesome to see Jason Aaron like not doing the Avengers and X-Men and stuff like that and kind yeah. of getting to, to just play. And it, uh, it really, it really shows a, a really um, strong sense of storytelling here. I think there's one more arc um, that's going to bring everything kind of back to that flash forward that I won't spoil. Um, but I think that's something that I'm really looking forward to in, in 2024. Another book that I'll talk about very quickly, and I've talked about, I think, all five issues, uh, is Arcade Kings, uh, Dylan Burnett. This was a surprise for me. I picked it up because the artwork, Burnett's artwork, looked really fun and exciting. Um, and then what you get is a story that starts with, you know, uh, this weird tomato-headed kid who you think is just like, oh, it's going to be about, like, video games or something. And it ends up being a really moving story about um, brothers and family and uh, with all of the kind of dynamic video game inspired action of like a Scott Pilgrim. Um, In many ways for me, like Arcade Kings was like a Scott Pilgrim plus like a Daniel Warren Johnson sentiment. Um, So it was a really cool, uh, a really cool book for me from Dylan Burnett, a really cool um, introduction to this creator that I'll probably follow along with. Um, also, I talked about a lot, I think, last year and into this year, too. But over at Dark Horse, they have this new corner of the universe uh, or new corner of the publisher, uh, the Minor Threats um, corner, created by Patton Oswalt, Jordan Blum, uh, Scott Hepburn, Tim Seeley joins them. Chris Mitten joins them, too, uh, with the second the second book, The Alternates. Um, minor Threats is like watchmen and black hammer and all those kind of like and the boys all those kind of riffs on superheroes and and superhero storytelling uh minor threats the first the first book was about that c list or really d list of of like small time villains who get caught up in basically this this batman corollary uh in in the universe his his he kind of breaks and he starts just killing everybody in town and these like small time villains are like, well, what the hell are we supposed to do? And they, and you kind of follow them as they, they go on this um, series of unfortunate events. So I, I love that book so much that when they, they announced there was going to be a follow-up called the alternates, I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Um, I was expecting some more of that kind of like superior foes kind of style, but it, it was actually kind of a, a riff on uh, kind of like defenders or like justice society or kind of those like, those not the main team justice league or avengers but like the kind of weird second team um so the alternates are this character the characters are like this anthropomorphic lobster man uh mary mary the monster multi-monster and she could turn into all these she could turn into frankenstein and dracula and the werewolf um and it's these kind of like weird superheroes that had a much better life when they traveled to an alternate dimension. And as a, and when they come back into our regular one, you watch them kind of uh, come to terms with the life they're in. All that said, if you haven't been reading minor threats and alternates, uh, check it out. First of all, it's cool seeing Patton Oswalt's name on a comic book. Uh, that guy's such a fan and, and to see him kind of, you know, working with, with, with tropes that he really clearly um, gets and understands is really cool. Um, that's over at dark horse. 
uh, Local Man, also another riff on superheroes. I think 2023 was just a riffing on on superhero tropes for me um, because the boys was too extreme. So I'm like, let's walk it back a little bit. Uh, Local Man, <laughs> really cool. Tim Seeley, Tony Fleeks, Frostjack, baby. Um, <laughs> I, I just love it. It's uh, I love that image is like, let's do a book that kind of makes fun of image in the 90s. Um and the, all these like no feet superheroes that Rob Liefeld did. Uh, but it's really cool. I always love stories of superheroes like 30 years later when they like go back to town and they're like, what am I supposed to do with my life? Um, and the fact that local man cross Jack, Jack Xaver or whatever is just walking around in a ski mask, throwing like trash can lids at people, I think is really wonderful. And as that conspiracy in that book kind of spirals out of control, um, it's really great. The last issue in particular, which I think might be coming out this week um was was really wonderful uh she hulk i'll let bob talk about that a little bit later uh but i loved it i caught up with it over the last couple of months and it is it is just one of the best things <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that that Raul gets another volume uh love everlasting i'm gonna let bob talk about that in a little bit uh but tom king and, and el chartier you know I, I i keep saying it every time we read a book but it's a book that you just got to commit. You got to commit to being confused for about four yeah. issues. And then the last six have been fantastic. Um, and Elsa Chartier's art. Okay. Okay. Is... I love you. I love you. I love you. You guys do this every single time. She's French. Is she not? Chartier. Chartier. Elsa Chartier's artwork. Elsa Chartier's artwork on the Lovie um Moi. Uh, I'm, more, I'm, more I'm glad she said it. Um, I would have been like Elsie Charter. <laughs> I just, I love you. I listen to the show. It's the only yeah. podcast I listen to in 2023. Yeah. Legit. But oh, it kills me every yeah. time. Uh, her artwork's just on another level. And as we've seen uh, Elsie Chartier's artwork uh, develop over time, it's, it's, we've been following, we've been following Elsie Chartier for a very long time. And, and it's, it's great to see, see that continuing. <laughs> Um, oh, I love you. That Texas Blood and in Fielgang Uh is fantastic as well. Chris Condon and Jacob Philippe. Um, Jacob, Chris Condon and Jacob Phillips. Look, I know technically the Red Queen Killer arc and the horror holiday special of that Texas Blood were all at the tail end of 2022. But the return of Condon and Phillips uh, with the Enfield Gang Massacre just reminded me how incredible that texas blood uh and the two of them have really been they they hit the scene hard with that book and in all honesty that series has kind of cast a shadow over every other piece of crime noir that i've read in 2023 um yeah. the only the only the only people that they don't really they don't really that like they don't have to worry about it is um brubaker and phillips but i'll get to them <laughs> in a little bit but every other kind of like crime book i read i'm like ah, where's my that texas blood like that that that's what i want um sirens of the city joanne starer and carrie randolph new york city 1980s it's a book aaron and i've talked about a lot uh it's a book that is so confusing but so beautiful and the whole succubi, incubi, um, uh, all these like horror underworld thing. It's so cool. But the real draw there is is Carrie Randolph's art. Talk about another artist, just like Elsa Chartier, um, who I think <laughs> is one that I've been following for so long. And to see them working here is just 
they've grown so much and to see the the precision and the dynamism of that that aesthetic is incredible and it's black and white too which is is i i always love too um and finally in my comics i love this this year category um i I, you know, every time we do this, I, I read through some of like other people's best of lists and just see what other people have been reading that maybe I missed. And there was a a, a book called Darlin and her other uh, and her other names by Olivia Stevens. And Olivia Stevens won the Ignats for Outstanding Artist in in 2023. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I, this 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 fell under my radar. So so I picked it up. It's like self published online. And uh, it's cool as hell, man. It's a werewolf Western horror romance set in 1881. Um, and it's the first part. I, she only published the first part. It's about 80, 90 pages. So it's a, it's a quick read. But I'm not going to get into the plot because I think werewolf Western horror romance, you kind of know what it's about. But I'm not surprised. Here's what I'll say. I'm not surprised that Olivia Stevens won the Ignats for Outstanding Artist in 2023. That's what I'll say about it. It is a beautiful, beautiful comic. Um, there were a ton of artists that like, I was like, oh, it kind of reminds me of this, kind of reminds me of that. But ultimately, by the end, I was like, that was both brutal and graceful and and dramatic and and dramatic staged and it was just it's a really beautiful beautiful book and i'm not surprised that it's made a lot of people um best of lists so those are the comics i loved in 2023 the comics i'm gonna miss a lot after 2023 i have three here uh well three suck kind of i'm gonna miss daredevil zadarsky's run i I, i'm not gonna talk too much about it because we spent pretty much an entire episode talking about uh the end of of daredevil's run uh sorry zadarsky's run on daredevil that character is one of my top 10 characters of all time and zadarsky's long run over four years i think three four years almost about Um, that yeah yeah um the the fact that they stuck that landing as as well as they did is is just so impressive and uh those last couple of issues with the 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 beasts and and the going to hell and all that stuff it just took that book to a a whole other level that that um i could not put down as i was catching up with it back in the middle of the year i'm also gonna miss matt batgirls um which uh, we we've talked a lot about on the show, Becky Cloonan, Michael Conrad with Jorge Corona, Robbery Rodriguez, and a ton of other stellar artists uh, for the better part of 2022 and 2023. Batgirls was like the most fun book and I I'm going to miss it a whole ton. Um, uh, just even just like, first of all, the artwork on it. Absolutely. That is an aesthetic that I love for superhero books. And I wish more books look like that. Um, but also just Cass and Steph and, and Babs, just seeing them hang out was, was a highlight of, of DC comics for the last year and a half. Um, and also I'm, I, I caught up with it and I just, I'm really going to miss the Captain America stuff that Colin Kelly, Jackson Lansing and, and, and Tochi Onyibuchi were doing. And I know we talked about JMS's book when it, when it dropped a couple of months ago, and I did read Thunderbolts this past week, so I know that that Kelly and Lansing are still going to be doing their Bucky stories. But Captain America: Symbol of Truth, Sentinel of Liberty, Cold War, all of that was a really cool, like forward motion for these characters, and um, I'm really going to miss. I'm really going to miss that as well. Um, comics that moved my tired, tired soul in 2023: <laughs> uh, Superman: The Harvest of Youth. Yeah. 
spent about 20 minutes talking about it on one of the episodes. So you can go back and listen, but, and I'll talk about Cena Grace in, in a little bit too. Um, but Superman, I love Superman. Talk about another one of my top 10 characters and uh, caught up with action comics and, and Superman, son of Kal-El. And I just love that corner. So to see Cena Grace go back to Smallville and tell a, a self-contained, but really moving Clark story um, in high school was amazing. And it's one that I think spoke spoke meaningfully to some of the challenges we face today um, around masculinity and identity. And, and, and um, I think to use Clark and Superman as a vehicle for that is a reminder that that character isn't just like bulletproof alien with like people can connect to him. Like, no, like people can connect to him and harvest of youth, I think is evidence of that. Um, And the big, the big book for me that uh, was, you know, one of the, I think best, best comics of 2023 period is a book called transitions by Elodie Durand. Elodie Durand. Um, that's for you, Bronwyn. Uh, this was translated. Uh, I think, I think, uh, Elodie wrote it. I want to say last year and it was translated this year. So it is what it is. Um, Elodie Durand, you might remember from a couple of years ago, I read a book called parenthesis, um, another graphic novel that, um, was just this incredible exploration of memory loss and transitions is about um, a mother and their son as their son is transitioning and coming to terms. And and it's from the mother's perspective. And first of all, I think it's a great transition story for um, uh, uh, Alex who becomes Alex in the book, but more importantly, and this was kind of the project of the book, um, Elodie Durand worked with a the, worked with the actual mother. This is a true story. It's a nonfiction piece. Um, and the mother, who in the book is called Anne Marbeau, uh, once her her child started transitioning, uh, started to keep a journal of the the questions and challenges and research and the the grappling that that she was 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 coming to terms with as as her child transitioned. And what L.D. Dillon does is take that journal and turn it into this really incredible exercise in nonfiction graphic storytelling. And um, first of all, Durand is one of my favorite artists, you know, the way that she uses abstraction and and kind of more explicit kind of literal storytelling is incredible. And she also weaves throughout this as the character and Marbeau kind of does research and like looks things up and reads books or watches documentaries to try to understand what her child is going through. Um, Durand will include these basically kind of like almost like those like genderqueer, like insert pages where like there would be like, here's the research or here's the science or here's like the, the source so you have this mix of the story of Marbeau and, and her child, and then you have the the science, basically, um, because Anne Marbeau is a biologist. So she's trying to come to terms with what is sexuality? What is gender? What is identity? Um, I love that so much. It's, it's really incredible. Cool. And and the thing, yeah, that's, the thing that's really moving about it is, you know, of course, here's what I'll say. For 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 the purposes of us on the podcast, to 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 put us all at ease, like 
they're all very happy now, you know, and, and, and the mother comes to terms with comes, comes to terms is not the right word. Cause it sounds negative, but like understands what's happening by the end of the text and, and becomes one of Alex's staunchest supporters and, and, and loves them and in the way that, that you're supposed to. And what I, the, the book does not shy away from though, is that that's a really hard transition for a mother. And I think that it's, it's it handles that with such care and grace, and um, I was I'm weeping through the last I want to say like twenty or thirty pages, and what's amazing too is I think there's a moment maybe eighty pages in where like Anne like will use Alex's name Alex for the first time, and I just start like bawling, and there's a hundred pages after that because it's not like, like the movie would end there, <laughs> you know, like the movie would be like, yeah. and then she called him by his name. And isn't that wonderful. And it's like real life is much dirtier and more complicated and more complex than that. And I think Elodie Durand does a wonderful job of capturing it. So if you haven't read transitions, it is, it is in the same line as anything Bechdel ever has ever done. It's in the same line as what Maya Kobe was doing with gender queer um, it's just another wonderful addition to a long line of incredible queer graphic nonfiction um, that is worth reading and worth sharing. So that's Transitions wow. by Elodie Durand. Thank you for bringing that one. Yes. Um, I'm I, genuinely, I just downloaded it and yeah. I'm, I'm going to get it for my, I have a library that my students can come and take books from and I'm yes. going to get it for them. It's really, it's really wonderful. And it's a work in translation, which I have a, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, fetish for. So it's really great. Um, all right. <laughs> yep, so that's sp- the word. Yes. That right. is. Speaking of fetishes, uh, my next category Ooh. is quickies, my favorite. Um, uh, so just very quickly, some quickies. Uh, Night Eaters book two, Marjorie Luisana Takeda, fantastic. Superman Lost, Chris Priest and Carlo Pagalayan, fantastic. Captain America, The Ghost Army, Alan Gratz and Brent Schoonover, Cap and Bucky versus Nazi Ghost, fantastic. Um, Fish Flies, Jeff Lemire. Lemire still got it when it comes to this kind of rural magical realism as he mashes up Essex County with like Kafka here. Um, Met Cadets returns. I'm a sucker for Greg Pax coming of age, Kaiju versus robots, but it's a team of outsider kids story. And I'm so glad it's reaching a wider audience with a really stupendous and worth checking out animated adaptation on Netflix. Um, another work in translation, Alvaro Ortiz's ashes. Technically it was published 10 years ago in Spanish, but translated into English for the first time this past year. I talked about this way at the beginning of the year. It's the story of three 30 somethings as they bring their friends ashes by following like a treasure map that he put together for them. And there's also like a monkey that like hangs out with them. It's crazy. It's, it's really wonderful. Worth checking out. And also the last quick hit X-Men Hellfire Club 2023. Remember this fucking book? Fuck that book. But it was great. I love it. Um, all right. F- favorite creators. Wow. I'm winding down here. Winding Amazing. down here. Favorite creators. Um, I'll talk very quickly through these. Uh, I'll, I'll just start with the tiny onion stuff. Aside from hanging out with them at at a uh, uh, FlameCon and really seeing how much they were doing to kind of elevate um, artists there, on the one hand, James Tynan the fourth still just doing everything it seems. And and what I love about James Tynan is it's World Tree, something's going to children, Blue Book, Dracula, uh, still doing some superhero stuff here and there. It's the wide the range of it that that remains one of the most impressive things. And I've enjoyed everything, even World Tree which is at once one of the worst experiences of 2023 for me, but also one of the best experiences of 2023 for me, because that book made me very 
uncomfortable, but in a good way, I guess. Um, Victoria Ying, which I know Steve's going to talk about, Hungry Ghost, I'm sure, at length. Um, also did Shang-Chi and the Quest for Immortality, the graphic novel for young readers. Um, love the writing, but I really love Ying's artwork, too. It's it's just, I love that. I love her cartooning style. It's, it's incredible. Uh, Kyle Starks also makes my list this year, Where Monsters Lie, that fucked up book uh, about a gated community of serial killers and slasher film-inspired monsters. And I hate this place with Archie on Poplin. Um, Kyle Starks is funny and weird and uh, is telling that kind of like, like crazy eyes stories that I think comics really is suited for. So really, really um, great, great stories there. Cena Grace, I mentioned Superman Harvest of Youth. Um, also did Rockstar and Soft Boy go to space in February. Talk about power bottoms. Um, the the these are call. I'm doing callbacks here. That's, I love that's this. What we're doing. That was amazing. Can't, can't do can't do prop yes. comedy on podcasts. But Cena uh, <laughs> Grace is is one of my long term. Um, Long term, long, long lasting. Um, uh, I'm a long term fan of, of Cena Grace's work, going all the way back to Little Depressed Boy. And every time something comes out with Cena Grace's name on it, I am picking it up. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a sincerity, and also a kind of um, joy. I know I just mentioned Little Depressed Boy, but uh, <laughs> and a, a kind of joy and and uh, uh, maybe not joy is the right word. Maybe a, a a pining for happiness that I think really comes out in Cena Grace's work. And I also love when Cena Grace gets to do the art as well because I think I think he's an incredible um, artist too. I'll mention it because it's the best of 2023 and I can't not, but Kieran Gillen. And I don't know if you know, but one time I interviewed Kieran Gillen for the Tonkai <laughs> podcast. Sorry, yes. um, but Immortal X-Men and Sins of Sinister is one of the highlights of the X-Men universe as, as the X line has kind of been, I don't know, spiraling for the last couple of years and at random points, maybe spiraling down the drain. I think Kieran Gillen has successfully with Immortal and with bald bearded jacked Xavier, um, really kind of dragged it out and dragged it up to some really cool places. So Immortal and Sins of Sinister really uh, stick out for me. Ram V, Rare Flavors with Felipe Andrade and and, and Vigil with Lalit Kumar Sharma um, is also a, a, a creator to watch out for for me. And anytime Ram V's name is on something, I'm, I'm definitely checking it out too. Alyssa Wong, who is just a wonder at uh, FlameCon. I mean, come on, Captain Marvel, Spirit World, Deadpool, Doc After still going strong. Alyssa Wong, they are um, one of the the hottest talents, I think, in, in comics right now. And, and I'm so glad to see them succeeding at the level that they are. Um, and they've got a killer sense of style. So that's that's it for me. Um, Philip K. Johnson, Incredible Hulk with Nick Klein is an incredible return to form. And uh, Action Comics, too. I caught up with all of that. Uh, PKJ um, is doing some great work at DC and Marvel. Uh, Ryan North, Danger and Other Unknown Risks with Erica Henderson, Secret Invasion, Fantastic Four, also incredible writer, um, incredible like person when we had him on the show a couple of years ago, really cool. Um, Eve Ewing, Kelly Thompson, Remain, favorite, favorite writers uh, for me. Um, Eve Ewing's return on the Monica Rambo book uh called photon but it should be called spectrum um and now black panther picking up from john ridley really fantastic work and kelly thompson has been our best writer of the year and continues to be uh someone who i will always read and finally for my um 
creators list, Ed Brubrick and Sean Phillips. And I thought I wasn't going to talk about them this year, but then I was like, wait a minute. They did publish something this year, and it was that crazy book, Night Fever. And then this week, they released a book called Where the Body Was, both with Jacob Phillips. Night Fever is that like... Books. What was the third one? The Reckless, Follow Me Down, came out. Uh, I don't read those fucking Reckless books. No, I'm just... <laughs> For the record, John just flipped me off on Zoom. Um, no, but yes, yes. Reckless is amazing. And, and of course, Reckless is is is... Reckless, but in terms of Night Fever, where the body was, those are the ones that stood out for me. Night Fever is that dark and twisted graphic novel as a traveling salesman falls deeper and deeper into the criminal underworld. And where the body was is this like pseudo journalistic piece that, like in classic Brubaker Phillips criminal esque style, explores intersecting lives of alienated, isolated people in a moment of desperation. The style between the two and Reckless, John, I'll throw that in there, is uh, so different. Um, and and I, I think that those these two guys, uh, are uh, these two guys are as a team one of the best teams in like i want to say all of comics like history like yeah there's you have those duos and i think that like brubaker and phillips especially in the last five years have established themselves that like 30 years from now it's gonna be stan and jack and blah 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 and blah 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 and brubaker and phillips and i think that that this year is just another banner year for one of the best creative teams in history Okay, quickly, random comics adjacent things. Marvel Snap, game's ruining <laughs> my marriage. It's it's crazy. I play what? it all the time. I'm obsessed. It's it's really You're still bad. playing. I play every day, man. I gotta get those. I gotta get those uh, uh, credits, man. Every day, every oh day. Oh my god! But it is wonderful, and uh, it's the Hellfire Gala month this month right now. I just yeah. got Sebastian Shaw. He's a fantastic card. Last month was the Marvels. I got. I got Ms. Marvel. She's great. You know, it's so fun to be playing this stupid ass card game on my phone all the time when I'm on the bus and the train and things like that. How uh, are your skills? How are you like holding up against other people? Because the meta for that game is absurd. Dude, I joined Reddit just so I can get deck recommendations because oh I was God. getting my ass kicked. But uh, this month has been very hard. I think a lot of people are playing now, and it's just it's just wiping me out. But God you know, last month I did back. Last month I did pretty well. Twelve year olds been really helpful, Joey. I guess so. I don't know who's on Reddit. I don't really know how Reddit works, but I'm in like Reddit Marvel Snap, Reddit Comics, and Reddit Recipes. Those are my Reddit boards. But anyway, um, am I the asshole? Um... No, I'm not on. Am I the asshole? <laughs> uh, uh, also, random comics adjacent things. Rip. Comixology, you know, it's just like it, like the last two years. <laughs> R.I.P. Comixology. I miss it so much. The good old days. First, they took away our website. Then they took away our like basket to order things. And now they took away our literal app is gone. So now yeah. we're just on the Kindle. So not having that organization <laughs> and everything grouped up like it was is frustrating. It's very frustrating. Also, in my randoms, comics adjacent things for 2023, Tom Hiddleston, period. No, Tom Hiddleston's Loki. Uh, goodbye, Tom Hiddleston's Loki. Uh, <laughs> Loki season two, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not going to go into too much detail about it. But if it's a send off for that character and for that actor in the MCU, it is a well earned send off those last two episodes in particular and uh we will miss him so until he shows up again um american board chinese incredible tv adaptation of an incredible graphic novel the cast in is amazing top to bottom 
but the transformation of a graphic novel that I adore so much into a television show that I adore so much is truly impressive. Um, Blue Beetle, really liked that movie. And it turned me on to Josh Trujillo's amazing work on the character. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I freaking love this movie. Um, the sentiment, the 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 send-off to those characters, uh, I thought was really fitting. James Gunn just won PETA's Person of the Year as well, which is hilarious. Um, Marvel's, I freaking love that movie too. Uh, my Neighborhood is in it. You can see it when she flies up. You can point, there's my house. Uh, Across the Spider-Verse, highlight for me, just beautiful, 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 beautiful. And then Rogers the Musical, you know, you can't go wrong. <laughs> Disney, you know, for everyone saying MCU's is petering out, I'll, I raise you Rogers the Musical. It doesn't get any better <laughs> than that. Um, I, I, ha- I downloaded the soundtrack. Uh, the soundtrack singers are much better than the YouTube uh, 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 um what are they called? YouTube ripoffs on, on fan uh, cam fan cams, YouTube fan cams. Um, but uh, Rogers, the musical, I could do this all day. Okay. Finally, <laughs> finally, finally, finally things I missed out on. So because I missed out on them, I won't have much to say about them. I'm really sorry, guys. I just forget to read world's finest all the time. And I, I know, I know everyone on the show fucking on it, it, Joseph. (laughs) I know, and it's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I also missed uh, uh, Cam Sook Gendry Kim's latest uh, uh, graphic text, "The Naked Tree." It's amazing. Um, uh, Sorry, Cam Sook Gendry Kim's an amazing uh, uh, artist and writer. Going back to Grass, which I loved and teach in my classes. Um, So the fact that she released one this past year and I missed it is upsetting to me um family style by tian fam this is a young adult immigration memoir um uh, mixed in with like recipes so i'm like that's everything i love and somehow i just didn't read it so shame on me um and then the last two that have appeared on everyone's best of lists that i'm like damn i need to spend the next couple of weeks reading one is called the talk by darren bell this one like publishers weeklies npr not one it was named best of like um uh washington post time magazine andrew carnegie medal new york public library best new comics like it's got all these awards and it's 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 about uh darren bell uh as a six-year-old kind of telling the story of when his parents had to have the talk about him as a young black man and his relationship to um you know the neighborhood and police and things like that so it sounds like an incredible work and one that i'm really upset that i just Again, just missed this year. And finally, the book that everyone is saying is the best book of the year. And I just, damn it, another book that like sounds like everything I want to read and I just didn't is uh, Shubik Lubik by Dina Mohammed, um, a debut graphic novel uh, about a kind of alternate Cairo, uh, like a kind of fairy tale in this alternate version of, of Egypt, which sounds amazing. And I'm really bummed that I missed too. Uh, and the absolute worst thing for 2023 for me is Secret Invasion. Fuck that show. Yes. Done for the year. <laughs> Hot damn, man. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done. About. Lots to talk about. But um, Jesus. It, was a, it's a, it was a hard year for me because like I just had so much going on that I didn't get to read as much as I would have liked to. But then when I sat down to put this list together, I was like, no, there were some things that I really loved and it was cool for me because a lot of it wasn't things 
that I always read. Like, yeah, I could have put some X-Men stuff on here because I always read X-Men. But like, honestly, it was things like minor threats and transitions that stood out for me. So it was genuinely like a year of stuff from 2023 that stood out. Boy, where to yeah. begin? Um, does anybody want to jump in or should I? Yeah, really. I'll, I'll go really quickly. I just got a couple. Uh, Alyssa Wong on Captain Marvel has been wonderful. And I mentioned that to a friend of mine and he instantly checked it out on the Marvel Unlimited app and is now signed up completely. Just loved what they were doing. So uh, yay to Alyssa on that. And I've, I feel the loss of Batgirls the way you do, Joey. It was yeah. just such a fun book and yet deep in the relationships between the three characters and, and even bringing in uh, some past friends and foes. And DC needs more fun books. That's good they do with the young adult ones and what they do on webtoons. But how about publishing books that, you know, everyone can kind of read? Yeah. Would, would be nice. And it is fun to see Kyle Starks around. I just bought for Christmas for someone, The Assassination Nation. <laughs> yeah, his his his, um, his take on things, particularly the ultra violent things, is really great. So I need to check out uh, all this his new stuff too. So thanks for bringing them up. Yeah, man, Starks and North for me kind of occupy a, a similar vein of a kind yeah. of like they have a similar sense of humor and they work with artists or North just does his own art where it, there's a bit of whimsy to it, like Erica Henderson mm -hmm. and, and the even the artists that were on books like Secret Invasion, which honestly is part of the reason why Fantastic Four is taking me a little bit longer to get through because it's such a house style for Marvel. And I kind of wish that it had a kind of whimsical artist on it in kind of true Ryan North fashion. So, yeah. but I love it. I love his, the characters and I've been catching up with Fantastic Four for the last couple of, of weeks. You, you, yeah. you know who I'd like to see on that book? And because we've seen him on it before when Fraction was doing FF, if that were the all reds. Oh yeah. Book Absolutely. Kill. completely kill. Yeah. Looking at this list that we have, like we have for people that are listening, we have the, the, much of everybody's presentations outlined in this uh, document here. And it's amazing how much we did read throughout the year. And I think Joey, that your presentation is a, is a good representation of that, of that so much of your list I've either didn't read or some I haven't even heard of. And I don't know how that's possible. Yeah. Um. It's but mystery. it's wild. Like we usually have a lot more crossover than we do this time. It always has a ghost reader. <laughs> no, but like I'm excited. Like I'm excited because it's well, it's it, it's showing me how much I I passed up this year, and I'm excited you, to go back. You know, and it's hard because the industry goes in these waves. But I'm gonna be 100 honest with you. Like my DC and Marvel big two reading, which used to be a kind of like unifying thread for these best of shows, you mm -hmm. know has gone down like aside from the X corner, which I'm following on just out of a sense of obligation and like a couple of other books, like incredible Hulk, like incredible Hulk, the Nick Klein and um, uh, what's his face. Uh, PKJ, Nick Hulk, Nick Hulk, ha, incredible Hulk <laughs> is so gross and I love it, but like, it's a book that like, I wouldn't normally read a Hulk book, you know, but I followed that, that writer over from action comics and, and, I'm not reading Avengers. I'm not reading, mm -hmm. you know, even Captain Marvel was gone for so long this year. And that was a book that like we would always read every cop book of, you know, issue of. So a lot of our kind of like regular 
comic books weren't really running or ended. So yeah. I think you're right. I think like we we really branched out this year in a meaningful way. At least that's how I felt making my list. I was like, these are a bunch well, of weird books that like I just really love this year. That well, Joe, even on my list, it's 50-50. Yeah. And you know me, oh, I'm the yeah. big two guy, and yet it's 50-50. Yeah. I also think there's a sense that, you know, we don't want to be repetitive throughout the year, and there's so many. And also, with the big two, there's common themes that they adhere to. And so it does seem, it, it does become less engaging over time um, to continue to read the same sort of hero's story, sort of hero's arc you know, story to story to story, unless there's something that really stands out. So I do think um, you've probably heard us all on the show over the year talking about our review folder and things that we're going to dip in there and check out. I know my process is often to look at the things that I know that I'm, I'm, you know, that are speaking to me from a character perspective or an entertainment perspective throughout the year. And then I force myself to sort of go through the review folder and see if there's a number one. Most of the time, I'm I'm late to the game because someone else has already gotten and put it on their list. So I just take the opportunity to read it, yeah. you know, to talk about it then. But you know, we we do have the luxury of being able to, you know, look at you know non big two uh, number ones every week and sort of see what's out there. And those are the things that we bring to the table. It's just like Joey was saying with Sirens of the City, yeah, you know, and those associated, you know, creators. You know, we definitely want to make sure that they get their their due. Uh, mm-hmm. For the work that they that they are putting out, and that people are aware that there are alternatives to, and I'm not shading them, but alternatives to you know characters with big bats on their on their chest. Don't feel attacked, John. Um, or or big S's, or or you know jacked bald guys who used to be in wheelchairs. You know there are. There are all. I love that you're like John. Don't feel attacked. Like I'm not the one with the Batman podcast. Oh no, Chris. Right. Chris, you feel attacked. I, I don't. Oh, oh no. <laughs> John, don't feel attacked. Chris, yeah. however, Chris, yeah. I'm coming for you. Take the hint, Chris. Take the hint. Here's the thing. Like even like I, so Batgirls and She-Hulk are perfect examples of books that have a certain spirit and energy to them, even though they are big two books that like Batgirls is over and She-Hulk was gone for a couple of months and it's back, which thankfully so, you know, and Captain Marvel is back, thankfully so. But, you know, if you want to ask me what the books were in 2023 that engaged me and had me coming back every month or every other month, it it was these books, these books that like did something different or a little weird and doesn't matter who the publisher is, but like, that's what, has to grab me, you know, and, and, um, it's, uh, it's just something that, you know, we don't have, we we don't have unlimited time in the day. So I'm going to read the, (laughs) I'm going to read the books that really, uh, uh, words are so rarely spoken, Joey. Yeah. 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 So, so I'm going to read the books that excite me and it's books like arcade Kings and it's books like once upon a time at the end of the world, you know, these things that like stand out for being, for doing something, not necessarily groundbreaking, but at least different from everything else uh, in a way that, that keeps me keeps me interested every week. And at the same time, there are those stories that that will unite us. The X stuff when it's when the Krakoa stuff is really kicking. John, myself, and Joey are like all in, you know, and completely prepared to just sort of like talk for an hour about whatever yeah. whatever is happening. Yeah. Um, but you know, those things are not they they're not as 
they don't exist in the volumes that they used to exist. There. So there's not as much, I, w- I would say, marquee storyline, storytelling like that, which is why I think I would say those things stand out. You know, when everything connects, when there's not just a, an event because you want people to buy 30 separate books, but, yeah. you know, the, Gang the stories are in it. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, rather the stories are interconnected and there are things from one store, one book that will, you know, create that community. And I feel like that's at least when we were doing the, the, the those types of chats, those are the things that connect us. We even pressured Steven to getting into the <laughs> X-Men red. <laughs> X-Men red. <laughs> Honestly, if you want to spoil it, it didn't work. I haven't gone back. I tried. <laughs> if you want to know what a spoiler for one of my favorite talking comics moments, it's for when Steve hated X-Men Red. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And he went the, off for like 20 minutes and we were like, Steve, did you read any of the X-Men anger. Red before that? And he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, anger. X-Men 14 sucked. And we were like, what is happening? <laughs> the heat that rolled off of him over that issue. Was yeah, was I may or may not have a bone to pick with all y'all for that one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway like, shut up and go to bed steve i don't care about x-men right? oh my god <laughs> anyway that's jazz excellent man that was great thank you so much for for sharing all that stuff yeah we are gonna move on unless anybody else wants to uh, pop in we're gonna move on to our next presentation which is mr bob ryer come on down i'll save that for later. we're not doing the sentence i have a box i've got mine <laughs> there might be a moment coming but let me just say <laughs> bob, about... oh bob we know bob, we've met you bob you, you oh, are a lie. moment <laughs> I'm a moment. You yeah. are the moment. Uh, or or a Mormon. Either either way. Yeah. It depends on what day of the week. Whoa, uh, Bob. In, in terms of just you know entertainment value, uh, this is not comics related, but both entertaining and horrifying were the uh, House Republicans this year. I'm just gonna say that. Oh, why Word out there. Bobbert. Uh, you got Oh, there we are conservative re- listeners. Oh, the, yeah, <laughs> really all two of them. Are you um, sure? <laughs> still? No, it's just it's just one of those things. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to jump in on movies really quickly. Joey mentioned a couple of Spider-Verse, certainly, and uh, I, I, I would second that as well. A quick shout-out to 2022's Prey, which I only saw this year for the first time, which absolutely loved that Predator sequel. I have three movies that, depending on what day of the week it is, were my number ones for the year. Barbie, The Marvels, and Godzilla Minus One. Just loved all of them immensely and will revisit them always 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 um the idea of books came up this year to to talk about and normally i don't because i don't read a lot of prose or hadn't for years until our friend nikki started a book club and found i found myself not, not roped in just had to be part of it and so we read a number of really interesting novels this year and just quickly tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow Una Out of Order, Anxious People, which was probably my favorite, which was about a hostage situation in a in a uh, an open house situation that was, that was both funny and courageously put out there. Uh, thanks to Chris, we also read At the End of Every Day, which I liked a lot, but we did all kind of feel that, boy, there were like four other novels in there that could have been 
uh, thrown together into something or it's sequels okay. or whatever. You can say that they all hated it. It's okay. It's okay. I well, someone it. someone did say it was the worst book they ever read. That which... they just need to read wider is what I. Right. That's yes. the worst book they've right. ever read. They are not reading a novel. Exactly. Ron Wayne and I can recommend some exactly horrid right. books if that's the yeah. case. Yeah, <laughs> I I read four hundred books this year so far. Like I I got a lot. Uh, let me describe that. to you at some point the worst book I've ever read because like there is right. It would it was, peel it, their it was skin a, off. It was a a bold and cookies way to say something because nothing nothing is that so. Uh, really late last year, because I bought it for some for Christmas, is a book called War Eagles by David Conover and Philip J. Riley. And since I went on length about it last time, for movie fans, it's a book about a film that never got made uh, by Miriam Cooper, who was the producer and director of King Kong, and his technical wizard, Willis O'Brien, who invented stop motion animation. Expedition goes to, the, to, to, to Norway. And they find a lost civilization under the ice. And, of course, there are the usual dinosaurs and all that sort of stuff in, in that kind of movie. There's also a race of eight-foot-tall Vikings who ride around on giant eagles flying through and doing stuff. While they're in on this expedition, word comes back, because this was made during the early in the war, the Nazis have attacked New York. The Vikings are upset because, well, the, 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 the Germans are uh, ruining their whole mythology fly back to New York and there's a giant battle over New York with airplanes and zeppelins and Vikings on giant eagles, including one who perches himself on the top of the Statue of Liberty. The book is filled with three different versions of the script, behind-the-scenes photographs of the various armatures and models that were made, paintings by O'Brien and his uh, Duncan Gleason, and his associate. Great book if you're a movie fan, particularly of genre stuff and O'Brien. Now, Here's a, here's a weird one. This is comics adjacent, only because of the way I got to it. Um, this year, I, I don't do many of these. I did a Kickstarter uh, for Stepan Shejic. He was doing a statue that I couldn't afford, but he did have a Sunstone sketchbook that I uh, still haven't had in, in hand. He had it during the con, but uh, didn't bring him to the site. Anyway... So I, I do that, and the way the internet works is really interesting because it was just a couple of days later in my emails, I got a, a, a promotion thing from a company called Unbound, which is a crowdfunding publisher of books. And they recommended that I, I would like to try the, a book called Plain to Lose by Ariel Anderson. And the, the subtitle of the book is, and this, this ties into our chat from before, uh, Chris, um, how a Jehovah's Witness became a submissive BDSM model. <laughs> okay, sign me up. <laughs> sign me up. Um, and it is an amazing story. It's it's told, it's a very courageous story to tell. And Ms. Anderson does this with heart and humor. It is really so engaging and personal. It's as if you're sitting across a table and having a tea with this lady as she tells these stories about there's some saucy stuff to it, but it's all told in this breezy style that is just wonderful. But where it really is, it is absolutely deep. Because when she was a little girl as a Jehovah's Witness, you know, there's no Christmas. There are no birthdays. You're told the world is going to end at any minute. So she's of the opinion that, well, I, I'll never have a husband, a family. I need to ever have a job because tomorrow it's all over with. As she discovered what was her own sexuality, even as a little girl knowing 
loving stories like Peter Pan with Captain Hook, you know, uh, capturing people, and and that that became something that was is her mindset. She began to realize as she got to be a teenager that she might be the only person who thought this way and co really contemplated suicide. And with, with her family got past it, her sister particularly, then was working as a professional model and walked with the, the photographer after the shoot into a gallery that changed her life. It was filled with fetish artwork and statues, and she realized she wasn't alone in the world. And... I just downloaded it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great book. You're going to love this. And she, uh, we as as nerd people have all gone into a convention the first time and see thousands of people and feel like, wow, there, there are other people like me. It made a difference. There's some, I, I'll, I'll post some links to, she did a wonderful TV issue, uh, uh, interview for Irish television is wonderful. It's called Plain to Lose. And it's because of me. I've shared some lovely emails with Ms. Anderson over the last couple of weeks. Anyway, moving on to comic stuff. Now that I've gotten that uh, out there, I quick shout out to some friends of the podcast who did great work this year. Kristen Gudsnuck, Amelia Airwood, Basic Witch with Emily Hampshire, her Toxic Love, EC homage, little self-published horror comic. We have our our friend Stephanie Cook, who's My Little Pony Camp Big Cook, ended this week. That was just absolutely adorable. She's got the Rack Pack coming early next year, and she will be on with us to discuss that. And Kelly Sue DeConnick's Wonder Woman History of the Amazons came out in hardcover this year, so I want to be sure to mention only because there was a uh, public library, New York Public Library event yesterday where she uh, appeared with Bill Jimenez, and that was pretty special. They'll be on their Vimeo channel, and also come in January, if anyone's in the New York area, at at Hopscotch Bottle Shop over in Deer Park on the 21st, Mickey and Christina Rao will be hosting our book club, and it will be on that topic of Wonder Woman History of the Amazons. So if you're over in the area, great beer, great company, great conversation. Read I have a, a copy of, of that one, Bob, that uh, Gene Ha drew a picture of me in. Oh, wow. It's oh. beautiful. Yeah, the, the, if, if you bought the solo black label books and you say, I don't need this hardcover, yes, you do. The presentation, it's... the cover, the inside cover, the 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 just the publishing aspect of what they did there is, is really special. It's it so spectacular. Shelf. It's yeah. you're hundred percent right. It's so good. Best thirty dollars I ever spent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh graphic novel wise this year. Uh Blackula, Return of the King by Rodney Barnes and Jason Sean Alexander picks up the story from the classic William Marshall movie from the 70s. It is dark and scary and brutal and regal in its own way. I highly recommend to all horror fans that one. We have the fourth volume of Linda Shage's Bloodstain this year. More Vlad and Elle and shenanigans and don't want to spoil too much. You need to read that. I love Ryan North and Eric Andrews' Danger and Other Under Risk, but Steve will be talking about that one. I threw in because I needed to pull that one out of this Mother Nature by Jamie Lee Curtis and Russell Goldman based on her screenplay for a movie that's due out probably now 2025 because of the various strikes. But that's that's a goodie. The Princess and the Grilled Cheese Sandwich by Dea Muniz, which I think Steve has read, if I yep. remember correctly. It, absolutely adorable. If you love Princess uh, Prince and the Dressmaker, is it Prince and the Dressmaker, Steve? We read. Yeah, the Prince ago. and the Dressmaker. Yeah, right. it, it, it's in that. It's in that ballpark. Uh, it's about identity and 
self-awareness and it's it's really quirky and if you buy into the the language of what's going on it is absolutely beautiful as well the art is stellar uh thanks to Menachem over at escape pod i came upon a book called 10 days in a madhouse by brad ricka and courtney c which is an adaptation of the works of nelly bly who back in the 1800s had herself committed to the worst mental institution in new york to expose what went on there. And this is, they made a couple of movies of this. It is done almost in a woodcut style, very line art, black and white pencils, and absolutely gorgeous. And if you're a history buff, that's one to get. Moving on to the more monthly sorts of things, I'd like to do quick special mention for DC's Golden Age revivals that they've done with Jeff Johns spearheading this. We had a Stargirl mini, Stargirl and the Lost Children. We had Justice Society. We now have Flash, Green Lantern, and Sandman out on the stands. How long they, they hold up, I don't know. Once he's gone, I'm saying these minis will be the end of it, but nice to see all these characters again. And a definite shout-out to all that's going on with Harley. I'd been off this for a while, really, since uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor were on the book. And between... T. Franklin and Teeny Howard and the black, white, and redder assortment of great people. The regular Harley book, the minis, wrecks the DC universe. I just really brought, brought this character back in a way that I didn't think was possible for me. Uh, you know me, I get I get off of something and I tend to stay off it, but this uh, these were back. These had me going again, so I'm very happy about that. Now, the list, as I would say. The Cull. Kelly Thompson, Natea D. Eulis is a wonderful sci-fi horror mashup of Paper Girls, Stranger Things, uh, Super 8, Annihilation. It is gorgeous to look at with, with well-thought-out, well-put-together characters. Love this. Can't wait to see more in, in that world. And again, it's Kelly Thompson, who we love around here. Gobs, absolutely. The Great British Bump-Off by John Allison and Max Saren, one to four miniseries just out as a trade if you're interested. It revisits his uh, Bad Machine-y, scary-go-round era with, with Sean Wickle doing one of those British baking shows. And, of course, there's murder to be had. So that it's just a lot of fun. I bought two copies of these for Christmas gifts just because I love this so much. And John Allison is one of the special ones. I also bought as Christmas gifts for people the two It's Jeff volumes by Kelly Thompson, Guri Hiru. For younger readers, absolutely brilliant comedy in short bursts in the way that comic strips used to be. And it's our, it's our friend Jeff, the baby land shark, interacting with everyone in the Marvel universe that you can imagine. Tons of fun and absolutely gorgeous to look at, thanks to Guri Hiru. And I hope that Bronwyn is not going to correct my pronunciation, that I'm going to do it right. Love uh -huh. Everlasting, 5 through 11 by Tom King and Elsa. Chartier? Chartier! Chartier! Okay. Yeah! <laughs> As Joey said, this is a really crazy book. And it, it's, it's, it's not a slow burn because it comes in running. But you have to get the rhythm of it. And once you do, it's absolutely riveting now i bought the first trade for nikki uh in the middle of the year for some reason and she was so angry at the way <laughs> the first volume ended it's like okay well then for her birthday which was the last week i 
got her the second volume. So I know she'd be less angry, but there's still one more to go. And we'll see where this all ends up. But Love Everlasting, for all the bad things I say about Tom King, Love Everlasting redeems most of them. I'll just go with that. Poison Ivy. Uh, and this Issues 8 through 16. G. Will Wilson, Marcia Takara, a lot of other people involved in this as some of the artists changed. Always just beautiful. It's such a pleasure to read G. Willow Wilson. My first encounter was certainly Ms. Marvel, but then her Wonder Woman was, was lovely as well. And Ivy is so important in, in the in the scheme of things for, for a lot of the DC characters. And I don't know if she ever gets, or until now, really got her due in, in a solo book. It is scary. It is real. And she's learned across these issues. Her agenda for changing the planet is, is all well and good, but there's a cost to that as she's learning and there's a cost to humanity and herself. And I can't say enough about Poison Ivy. I'm in awe of what was done here. Speaking of always in awe, Saga, it was great this year again, as it is every other year. And let's hope we keep going for more without any big blips in the middle that was it was a tough was it a year and a half or two years without saga and that's that can't happen anymore we, we won't allow it that's what i'm saying <laughs> scarlet witch number one to ten is this first volume. there's another one coming with quicksilver it's steve orlando sarah Pichelli, and those amazing russell dowderman covers now, i i liked the multiverse of bandits but i hated what was done to wanda coming off of wandavision I really thought it, it did disservice to her. There could have been a, some fixes that made that better. Pause Steve so Orla that Bronwyn and I can hiss at this movie, please. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, we're good. Okay. What Steve Orlando did was really using comics and the comic canon still went back to the, uh, the Wanda we saw at the end of WandaVision. And that she now has a new mission with her new store and bringing Darcy Lewis on board doesn't hurt at all. This is the Wanda that uh, I think, Joey, you read the James Robinson run, the Witches sure. Road one. Mm -hmm. And this this stands right alongside that as one of the, the great presentations of Wanda I've ever read. And she's repentant. She's still defiant when the moment strikes it is she's embracing of all she's done and what she needs to do to move forward as well as a mission to those around her and that's a wanda i want to read and will steve orlando's writing wanda i'm there from now on joey mentioned she helped before rainbow rail andre's genolet am i close jen bartell covers over there very nice bob <laughs> thank you i'm getting i'll, I'll get better i'll get better I a lot of people loved Marcio. Uh, I'm no, no, who, who, who we, um, Rico Tamaki's She Hulk, and that came out of the, the damages done in one of the Marvel crazy events. Didn't, didn't capture me. I, I come at a different place from She Hulk, and when you had this new run with Rainbow Roll, who does such a great job and everything, whether it's her novels or uh, Runaways on the back of the television show that broke the fourth wall again and gave us a, a gen that kind of could enjoy what she was doing. Rainbow Rowell 
has given us that as well as humanity with the, the Jack of Hearts story, bring back some of these supporting characters from the old days like and Andy the Awesome Android as well as some new folks loving She-Hulk. I have since the 70s, late 70s and 80s and loving it again. And that's a tribute to Rainbow Rowell. And that is me. I is done. Woo woo. Awesome. Yes. Okay, so Bob, you mentioned books. You had me at books. That's a thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you also mentioned G. Willow Wilson. So you have to put the two together for your book club. Have you read any G. Willow Wilson prose? No. I okay. Will get on that. Which one? Okay. A Leaf the Unseen is where I started with my G. Willow Wilson journey, okay. and I loved it. It was incredible. Oh, such a good book. And yep. The Bird King was her next. Oh. Um, are like, I don't know if it was actually right after a leaf, the unseen, but it was the next one I read and it's also incredible. While Thank we're, you. while we're in this zone, Bronwyn and I will pressure you to read, uh, Rainbow Rowell's prose. Hell I have, yeah. I have in front of me, um, cause I just picked up Eleanor okay. and Park. Yes. Oh my God. I love Eleanor and Park. Oh my oh, God. Okay. Eleanor and Park will be a good one for your book club. Just, yes. don't, tell them, just don't tell them I recommended it again. Cause I, I can't be held responsible for it. <laughs> no, but you know what? Years. Honestly, Bob, that's going to be a benchmark. Cause if there's somebody who doesn't like Eleanor and Park, you want them out of your life. Yeah. You got to okay. cut them. You got to cut <laughs> them gotcha. out. That right is a, we'll that. that is a, the bar is on the ground. People that's have to get That's a toxic person. It. Yeah. You got to walk <laughs> the other way. <laughs> It was on the list a couple of times, and we, we vote at the end of every meeting to yeah. what we're doing next, and it has finished second twice. Okay. okay. Well, I, I'm going to accidentally, not, I'm going to accidentally on purpose actually recommend to you one of my worst books I've ever read just to like okay. test them so they'll really know what a bad book is. One of yeah. Like, gotcha. just... <laughs> we have a few. We have like well I'm yeah sure. as I said I read four hundred books this year accidentally and uh, they can't Robert all be and I accidentally both read a book that didn't have an ending at all like the author <laughs> just stopped writing it just ended it did they just didn't put an ending on it yeah like act one act two <laughs> no third act just stopped <laughs> oh <laughs> was what was that Dickens book that he died and didn't finish maybe it's like that. Maybe Except they, that they there's, more, away, books in the there's more books in the oh, series. There's more books in the series. Okay, well, then that's the problem. Okay. <laughs> Good stuff. Anybody else have anything for Bob? The call is great, and uh, it's another book that was was well, Kelly Thompson's other book was this year too, Black Cloak. Yes. Right. Yeah, it finished finished up this year. Just a killer, killer, killer year. Uh, call. Is weird and beautiful as you suggested. I caught up with um, Poison Ivy too this year, and you're right; it's terrifying, and it's a character that I, I always want more of. It was a year for going through your list. It's a year like G Willow Wilson, Kelly Thompson, uh, Stephanie Cook, like Chris Gunsduck, right? These these writers that we've been following for so long. Stephanie, of course, long time like founder of the pod, or not founder, but like you know, OG member of the pod. Yeah. Uh, it's so wonderful to see them continue to excel, right? And tell new stories and and kind of build on the successes that we've always wanted for them. And um, it's just really nice. Uh, Scarlet Witch will always be the pretender to me, Bob. However, <laughs> I agree with you. I think that Steve Orlando's um, Scarlet Witch is just a, a really, really 
stunning book um, and a really stunning uh, interpretation of the character, presentation of the character, and elevation of the character Agreed. in a way that I think that she really did need um, after the success of WandaVision. And you would have oh. thought they would have done it then. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't. And then they, you know, took her out in Multiverse of Madness. And then they were like, let's now give you this really wonderful book. So they're like, let's piss all over her and then see if we can drag her back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> drag so. her back into your hearts. Honestly, Welcome the only way I made woman. it through that oh. movie was by selectively watching it. So I just... Like no one uh, who made that movie was aware of the fact that Wanda was actually the hero, but I was. <laughs> I see Bronwyn. Bronwyn. That chick was crazy. Succeeded by was delusion. Not, was right. Uh, Bronwyn <laughs> used the power of delusion to love that movie. Meanwhile, I developed a new enemy. <laughs> oh, oh and so much more than a river in Egypt. <laughs> I would, I would love to add a uh, great British bump off to my books yeah. I missed. B- yeah, books I missed amazing. this year. Oh, yeah, that you didn't read awesome. that one? That book was yeah. awesome. Oh, that's a great time. I agree. Time. I, I will say that Bob's. Uh, I, I was sort of chuckling to myself when Bob was going through his movies in Godzilla minus one. I was like, the founding topic of the new segment, what the fuck? Official, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, first of all, I wish I was on that episode, Bob, because I would have backed you up on everything you mentioned Godzilla minus one, all the movies you talked about. I was like, I've heard about all of these movies. And I, I saw happened. Silent <laughs> Night. I saw Silent Night in the theater. And you guys were like, what the fuck is Silent Night? I'm like, it's like, <laughs> Joey, yeah. I'm, I'm usually Silent the one that's heard of these things. That was amazing. Amazing. I love Silent Night. I was murmuring I to myself a little bit. I don't I know what happened. Somehow I just stopped knowing about things in the last few weeks. I didn't know I, about any movie that was in was it? I was oh going to ask. I was going to ask. I was going to ask as a follow-up, was it that you stopped knowing or maybe the this giant glass of red wine that you had in your hand? <laughs> <laughs> I was so drunk by the end of that episode. Yeah, no, listeners, I did figure out what happened is I accidentally drank a glass of wine before the episode and then refilled it and forgot that I did it because ADHD. Uh. <laughs> you probably heard the glug, Bob, glug, glug in the background. Bob, <laughs> I also want to say, talking about a, a, a favorite moment of 2023 is... Uh, how do I put this fairly? Uh, when I ate crow about Wonder Woman uh, two two oh. months later, when I was like, I stuck my neck out to fight Bob cool. about Wonder Woman for Wonder Woman number one, and then Wonder Woman number two dropped, and I was like, damn it, that'll learn you. I should have really trusted can't fight Bob. Bob about Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. oh. That's like will learn you real good. That's his thing, Joey. What were you fucking I, thinking? I, that was the that was the week of the number one battles, Captain America and yes, Wonder Woman, and Joey yes. chose Wonder Woman. And I chose, and I was like, and I was like, you look, guys, chosen. I liked the first issue, and it was fun. Yes. And I had all my reasons, and Bob was Bob was basically like wagging his finger, and he was mm-hmm. like, "You just uh, wait, sir. all we need, all we need is." A- <laughs> but see, Joe, I feel like once a year, Joey has to make the Sophie's choice. Like last year, <laughs> he chose over AXE. He chose <laughs> Dark Crisis. Dark I chose crisis. Dark Crisis over Avengers <laughs> X Men Eternals, and I, that was the wrong choice. What was the? Well, that was that Axe book but, we talked a lot about. But, but Aaron, to be clear though. I don't think Captain America was a better choice. <laughs> other uh, either. But anyway, moment, Bob. <laughs> it's that moment in a video game where, you know, those like choose your own video games where it pops up and it'll be like, Bob will remember this. Yeah. That's what, you, that's what happened. <laughs> that's what happened. 
That is absolutely this what happened. This choice has consequences. Uh, yeah, this choice name. has consequences. <laughs> we're going to name Joey the podcast contrarian. Yeah. Bob, like, nope, if, if anything, 2023, I think, was was further validation that Bob is always right. <laughs> even when the books get canceled. Even when the books get canceled, right, Bob is always the, right. <laughs> the curse still lives because there's no more Batgirls. So there you Aww. go. Yeah. All we right. did get we did get two years of Batgirls, yeah. which was which was it's a lot longer than I thought it would last. For a book that was say... supposed to be six issues, you got a lot of it. So yeah. for a book starring Stephanie Brown, that's a lot longer than that girl has ever gotten. Okay. Anyway, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Stephanie. I do agree with Bob about the DC Golden Age stuff. That stuff has yeah, been, that's really, been really, really fun good. and really great, and it's been some of the things that have motivated me. And I know. This may be trigger words for some people Ooh. to go back through uh, DC Infinite. <laughs> you know, you Down love seat. it, I like it, Down universe, seat. whatever it is. Now look at his eyes. He's got <laughs> the crazy go eyes going. Oh, God, he's frothing. I have been going back and forth. With their customer support. Because it's not anyone but you. I've been It's the most delightful app I have used. <laughs> they want me so to literally take a video capture. You should see it though. I've the seen problem it. It's and terrible. send it to them. What was that? <laughs> They're literally like, show us how it's happening. What's yes. going on? And they asked like, me, we don't believe you, sir. It's like nobody's reading what I wrote. They're like, could you tell us what book it is? It's all of them, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> As you not- for wow. my email. Like, okay, Karen, calm down. <laughs> is it, is it- <laughs> no, dude, it's frustrating. We pay for that thing. I know. Yeah. It doesn't work. It's is just, it just seems know. targeted at this point. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Those it's like a social experiment. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm looking at Bob's list, and there are things on here that I was reading and then didn't continue to read because of how difficult it's been to use that app i missed out on poison ivy i missed out on world's finest i missed out on uh, all the harley stuff that by the way bob i'm super excited to catch up with after you talking about it that sounds amazing and i'm i'm so pumped for that but i mean like i missed out on so much dc this year because they that app does not work for us or at least for for bronwyn and i here in canada um And it Let sucks. Me find out Steve is using a Generation One iPad to try to read that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's on a. He's, he's I mean, he might my... be. No. He says it's a tablet, but no, it's actually a stone tablet. Stop pulling Steve! Like, got it? a crank. It's, 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 it's an abacus. No, Aaron, I have the abacus. Come on, Steve is the victim here. Stop bullying Steve. I'm sorry. If we Steve's etch a sketch. If we stop bullying Steve, what would the cause? of the show be. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Um, I don't know. I, I, Steve's I, like, ha, 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 very funny. <laughs> yeah. like, I, Go ahead. I feel bad. I was like, I was, I, I almost literally like want to have to like send Steve another device and be like, I know. Has it preloaded? We've already tried it and yeah, seen that it works I'm, for and look, us. My birthday is January 19th. No, I said I wanted to. I, I, get on the no, GoFundMe to get Steve a working talk to, app talk to that Lauren. only Show has DC Infinite loaded on it. Every time I see a note that Steve's having dish issues with DC Universe, I just pull mine up and I'm like, 
No. Yeah, no. I do too. <laughs> I'm like, let me check. You know what? Let me check. Nothing. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna open it Maybe up. Maybe it's a Canada thing, but it like it I is. legit I can it confirm has to be. it is bad. It has to be the Canada. We have app. to have we have to have listeners in Canada. Listeners in Canada, yes. is this happening to you too? Somebody write in and confirm so Steve can stop being gaslit by the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to find out right now. I'm opening it. Look at how long it's taking. I, it's it, the wheel it of came death. Up like, right away. It came up. We saw it. Yeah, because it's been going for forty-five seconds. Is that a Texas? Is that a Texas instrument? What is that? It's Alfred. It's Alfred. It's Alfred. It's Alfred. It's I've gotten that message once or twice. Like yeah. twice, yeah, not, ever. But not, not, not to the degree that you I, look. I hit retry. Are you connected to the internet? <laughs> yes, he's going to Now, Steve, have you have you deleted it and then taking? Have you tried deleting the app and reloading the app? Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Let's, um, individually let's, to our houses and kill us now. Let's, if we let's keep wrap. Doing let's wrap. Let's, let's get back to, to Bob's presentation. Yeah, let's wrap this up. We are not doing talking comics moments yet. We're saving that one, or should yeah, I? We'll save talking comics. We'll save that to the end. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna put something up for the. Uh, the princess and the grilled cheese sandwich. Uh, just an absolutely delightful graphic novel with a, a very uh, powerful and sweet message about identity, which was real nice. And it led me to the same uh, oh, artist, team, creator, uh, is responsible for Blades of Furry. Yes! Which oh, is really? one of my favorite webtoons of Amazing. the year. Yes. So the leap from, you know, loving the princess and the grilled cheese sandwich to finding out that they have a webtoon and then just that was all I could read until I had read every single episode Aww. of it. That series is just absolutely amazing. It's uh, it's animals doing battle uh, figure skating and it is extremely dramatic, oh, extremely yeah. queer and just so much fun i love it it's hysterical Ooh, well, i'm running that down as we speak it's, it's gorgeous awesome. it's you'll love it ah so real it's really funny um this is a great list bob you did yeah. uh you did you read some really really good stuff this year and a lot of uh, a lot of different stuff too i feel like uh, bob has leaned into his black yellow love ever since i did that episode of uh progressively horrified <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, I I, here, here's the thing. Uh, Dawn, who's been on our show for a couple of horror things, and her husband, Ed, Blackula is a movie we have to watch every year as part of our outdoor presentation. It is a favorite um, among ours. I've, I've loved it since I saw it in the theater back literally 50 years ago. And that now there's a graphic novel, which you, you should maybe try out, Aaron. I know it's horror, but you know, <laughs> you never know. You never, you never know. know. I feel really like I need cool. to jump on this uh, this black yellow train with uh, yes, with Bob. Did. Yes, <laughs> I did not like the movie. I just <laughs> thought it was. I just thought it was entertaining for different reasons and probably intended. Uh, yes, and it, it again in its in its time, it was part of a trend of movies that had positive and negative aspects to them. Watch out, sucker. Right. And and <laughs> this that this movie has that too. God, but as, a, as, as, as a horror movie, just straight out, if, if we strip it of 
the negative connotations of black exploitation, so to speak, as as a horror character, and a presentation of a a, a new icon. It really did a much better job than there, there's movies from the same period with uh, with Robert Quarry called Count Yorga Vampire. They're good, but th there's just nothing special. And William Marshall's Mumblewaldi is regal and epic and a lot of great stuff. And that voice and the presence of this really amazing Shakespearean actor playing a vampire. Very cool stuff. Give it a shot, people. All right. Sounds good. I think that's going to do it for this uh, this episode and our presentations for this week. We are not going to do uh, books we're looking forward to and everything because I don't know that anybody can look that far out. We don't know what's planned. And the whole point of doing all of these shows in one day is so that we can take a vacation from some of this stuff and then come back recharged in the new year and excited to do more shows for you all to Steve listen to. Steve is tired of our bullshit is the real answer. Well, that's, that's it. <laughs> it's going to take him three weeks to get DC app to go. Oh, wow. Someone wow. Else. Boo. Steve's uh, waiting for bullying, the Steve. IP crew here to come together <laughs> with a new iPad for him. I yes. think Steve is showing us a screen print. Oh, who's GoFundMe.com slash Steve's new iPad to get no kidding. <laughs> and that was Never mind. Did it again. That's hard. That must that, now now Alfred is gonna is gonna trigger Steve every time he comes mm -hmm. up. Yeah. I love Alfred. I would yeah. never blame Alfred. <laughs> Alfred's not at fault. He's, He's there to comfort boy. him. I anyway. love Alfred. All He's right. my good time guy. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh Thanks, we wanna <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of our uh, best of presentation slash awards. I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> Wrap but, up. Um, Bob, mm. where can our uh, listeners find you? Old fashioned email, Bob Ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com. Joey? Joey at talkingcomicbooks.com. Aaron? <laughs> you can go to Instagram. Okay. Uh, John? I promise by the new year I'll have something. Ooh. <laughs> oh, promises, promises, my friend. I know I might it might be smoke signals, but it'll be something. <laughs> Chris. Semaphore. Um, uh, the myth of psyche. Oh, linktree.com slash the myth of psyche. And Go is coming back December 17th and Ooh. January 1st. Hey. Ooh. With nice. changes. Ooh. 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 And Bronwyn, how about you? Uh yeah. I'm I'm not on that many socials anymore, but you can usually find me on hey. Instagram. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> we'll be in the semaphore together. She is. She just lurks. She's a liar. She's there though. Uh yeah, shiny baby bee on Instagram and uh TikTok. Excellent. Uh, I am at and Dead Thirsty underscore. on Tune, a podcast we host together, but you've forgotten about. Uh, you didn't mention it either. Thank you. I'm so <laughs> And in the behind the music episode of where we're witnessing the origin story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, I host a show with my friend Bronwyn. I don't know who this bitch is. But... I mean, this bitch is under caffeinated. So <laughs> I made you three Sorry. coffees. Yes, she needed four. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thirsty on Tune, where I swear we're nicer to each other than we are right at this moment. We, <laughs> we record at a normal hour. It's true. 
All right. You can uh, send us your comments or questions through our email podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. Let us know what some of your favorite uh, books and movies and stuff was uh, from this year. And uh, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Be excellent to each other. And until next time on the Talking Comics podcast to be continued.